0: Sky Airlines CEO on COVID challenges in South America. At the age of 36, Jose Ignacio Dugnac became the youngest CEO in South American aviation industry. The airline set up safety, people, and sustainability as the top three priorities for managing the COVID crisis. Sky Airline has been working side by side with the government to transport goods and vaccines. Sky Airlines CEO Jose Ignacio Dugnac talks about the challenges and opportunities in South America during the COVID-19 pandemic. The session began with Peter Cerda thanking CAPA, Center for Aviation for the opportunity to moderate the discussion with one of the up-and-coming CEOs in Latin America. The CEO of Sky Airlines, Jose Ignacio Dugnac, took over the helm at the airline just about a year ago. Peter Cerda. So, let's kick it off. And I'm going to just start off with what's been in our life for the last year and a half almost with the crisis in terms of the challenges that the industry is facing, what you're facing as CEO of Sky Airlines and what you're living now. Just less than a week ago, the Chilean authorities basically closed off the country again with restrictions and that impacted your airline. So, what are you doing about it? Because it's not the first time you faced a closure of borders or harsh restrictions but this time it's really causing a greater impact than it was in months past. Jose Ignacio Dugnac. Well, this time we have more experience dealing with these type of situations, but as you might expect, we didn't expect this to happen at this point of time. We thought that with the vaccination program, things were going to go upside and not downside like they're going now, but apparently it's been quite typical countries vaccinating very fast their population and relaxing a little bit just a little bit too early before the vaccine actually takes place in the population. So, it's been tough. As you know, last year was quite tough. In 2019, we moved 54% less passengers than in 2018. We were hit with the crisis in Chile and Peru, late March. So, we had a pretty good January and February in 2020, but late March the crisis started really developing in Chile and Peru. And that meant 54% less passengers, but on that bright side, the industry as a whole was 64% in terms of passengers. So, we are a little bit better than the industry average. And, of course, us being with a big domestic operation also helps us because domestic is recovering a little bit faster than international, as you know. Peter Cherta. Jose, from your standpoint, 2020 obviously was a difficult year, not only for Sky and for the entire industry you took over the helm at Sky during the pandemic. So, you didn't have a honeymoon. You were thrown in right in the middle of the crisis when everything was being locked down. Not much time to learn your new position although you were the CFO of the company. What has this year taught you from transitioning from a CFO to CEO and taking the helm and having to navigate through the crisis up to now? Jose Ignacio Dugnac. Yeah. Well, actually, Peter. I was announced to be the new CEO on 5 days after that first case came to Chile. So, it didn't take long before the crisis hit. And we were coming through a quite significant crisis in October 19, 2019 as well in Chile. But one of the things that you really prove in this period of crisis are the values of the company. You need to be able to set up priorities based on your values, and you need to really lead based on that. It's been hard. It's important to set up priorities we did. We set up safety, people, and sustainability as the top three priorities for managing the crisis. And we have made decisions based on that during that time. It's very important to act quick, but also to act. With all this uncertainty, if you don't have a clear priority to make decisions with, it's going to be all over the place. So, we were able to set those up and we have been managing the crisis with a very clear path forward. Peter Cherta Jose one of the aspect. You mentioned this some time ago in another interview where you said there's practically no airline in the world capable of getting out of this without any kind of help. Chile has always been a country that's always been forward-thinking, very proactive, has permitted the industry to grow, but during the crisis, the Chilean government has not provided the financial support. At this point in time, what is your feeling about government support? Is it too late or it's never too late and whatever the government can do to help the industry during this period of time would be welcome? José Ignacio Dugnac. It's never too late. That's important. The crisis has not finished yet, but we don't expect financial support like you've seen in the US or in Europe. But we do expect some support in terms of working together with the industry in order to have a good comeback from this crisis. We've been working side by side with the government in order, for example, to transport goods, transport vaccines. We've been transporting vaccines to all over the country and we've helped as an industry, not only sky, the whole industry has helped moving the vaccines from one place to the other. So, we are working together and we need to be able to work together in terms of finding the best possible solution for bringing up tourism within the country and also the airline industry. When I said that the, sorry, when I said that the airlines needed support, I didn't only mean government support. I mean support in general. We've had so much support from everybody, from our people, from our suppliers, from the leasing industry, the banking industry, some of the government as well. So that's what I meant when everybody in this industry will need support, not only from governments, but in general terms, from some or most of their stakeholders. Peter Cherta. Do you feel... One of the challenges that we've had as an industry is sometimes gathering that sympathy from the general public. The general public at times believe COVID is the fault of air transportation, but you just gave a few good examples, particularly in Latin America. The vaccine is going to be transported to all the communities through air transportation. It won't be by rail. It won't be in most cases by trucks. It's going to be by airplanes. We've been able to move medical equipment from China, from Europe, from other parts of the world through air transportation. And you've been able to also. I know your airline has also transported medical professionals throughout the country. So, the industry had really tried to play a very responsible and active role. Do you think at times the industry is hit hard because it's considered at times by some of our citizens in Latin America as industry of the rich, only the rich travel, rather than it's a mode of transportation that brings social and economic prosperity to everyone? Jose Ignacio Dugnac. Yeah. Well, for sure that the airline industry is absolutely necessary for a country to develop. How it's been in Latin America in general terms in the last couple of decades. We are an important part of the GDP of the country. We do give. In Chile, we are roughly 200,000 employment that we give as an industry as a whole, and we move roughly 3% of the GDP. So, we're a big part of the economy but we're also a social service. We connect people. We connect goods. We bring a lot of basic things to society itself. I think, and numbers actually show, we made a study before the pandemic about the reputation of the industry before COVID. We did one basically January 2021 and the reputation of the industry in general terms in Chile has grown significantly over roughly 15 points higher today than it was pre-COVID. So, The airline industry has done very important support for the society here in Chile, not only with vaccines, but with medical supplies and also with being able to keep connectivity going. Things were at the beginning, nobody had a lot of information. Nobody knew exactly how COVID would develop the vaccines, etc., and connectivity was key. We worked with the general public, and we worked with the government in order to find a way to adapt our processes in order to make aviation safe for our people safe for our customers as well. And I believe that we've done a good job in general terms, and that's why you can see that the numbers really improved in terms of reputation of the industry itself. We've been a part of the solution. That's what we want. Of course, we need support in order to go through this. Everybody, as I said, going from 2019 levels, going down 64% in a year average. It's not easy and in order to deal with that, we need support from various stakeholders. But we've been trying to do as much as we can to help be a part of the solution to this problem. Peter Cherda. Jose, in terms of being a solution to the problem, the industry has been hit hard during this pandemic. We've had several airlines in our region that have had to file for Chapter 11. We have half a dozen airlines based in Latin America and the Caribbean that have stopped flying altogether. They will not return. What do you see as the future scenario for the region because you're an airline that is growing? Your focus is not solely Chile. You're now growing into other markets. What do you see the landscape in terms of post-COVID? Are we going to have less airlines? Do you expect more airlines to go bankrupt and close? What's your perspective that you're seeing from the CEO level? Jose Ignacio Dugnac. Well, that's a million-dollar question. I believe that the scenario is still going to be tough. 2021 is going to be a really tough year. Probably 2022 it's going to be tough as well. Domestic markets should recover a little bit, but international. Longer the flights, the more you'll take to recover. And there's a lot of complexities as you know. You need countries to actually face different scenarios together. You need to find a protocol. I know that IATA is working on protocols to establish the capacity to identify vaccinated people, but you need to set up protocols and you need to set up countries being okay with those protocols to get people in and out. So, it's not going to be easy. And I also believe that there's still going to be a lot of competition. Supply is just a lot higher than demand in the region and that's going to remain that way for some time. So, I believe that the recovery. Sorry, Peter Cherta do you see possibilities for consolidation? More consolidation in the region or from your standpoint as an ultra-low-cost carrier, more opportunities. Do you see the ULCCs taking advantage of the crisis to further expand throughout the region? Jose Ignacio Dugnac. Well, I believe that there is opportunity for both actually, Peter. I believe that the LCCs are definitely in a good starting point, especially the ones that have a lot of. For example, like us, we have a lot of domestic presence. So, our cost structure is low. And as I showed you before, having the industry 64% down, we're only 54% down. So, we're facing the industry in terms of recovery and we expect that to remain. So, LCCs do have an advantage and LCCs that have a lot of domestic presence have even better advantage. So, there's an opportunity for LCCs to fly also considering the GDP per capita. In countries in Latin America, it's going to be impacted by COVID. You have countries like Peru who had a huge impact on their GDP in 2020 and that's going to have any effect on spending money, basically, which tourism and others. So LCCs on having cheap fares will also be important. Also considering that business travel will probably go down and will take time to recover. That's what we've seen in previous crises and this one is much deeper than anyone, any other crisis before. So, we believe that LCCs are definitely on a better place, but also we see supply being too big in the short term. So, possibilities of consolidation are there. They're much, much bigger today than they were a couple of years ago. Peter Cherda. From the passenger side, from the consumer, do you see permanent changes in the way the traveler will book and what their experience will be? do you think we'll come back to what we were before, or that's in the past and this new way of how we travel will be the norm until we have to adjust to something new? Jose Ignacio Dugnac. Well, I believe, there will be some changes. Digitalization has been speed up so fast during this pandemic. And I believe that we are an industry that's basically very, very digital but not everywhere. Especially in Latin America, not everywhere everything's so digital. So, This will help Latin America, in particular, to get more digital and to jump into these processes that as an airline's been working through. I believe that airlines will also speed up their digitalization processes. They will try to simplify them. They will try to broaden the axis and that would definitely change the game. It will change your customer base and if your customer base changes, you need to be able to adapt to those customers. So, having more tourism, more VFR and less business would need to significantly. Most companies will have to adapt to those new customer base. And that's why I do expect changes to become a much more simple processes, much more customer-oriented and more digital as well. Peter Cherda. So, you're talking about digital, simple, better service. Let me shift over to government a little bit. And you worked in government before coming to Sky. You worked in the Ministry of Health. I wish we would have you now in the Ministry of Health in Chile. I think maybe things will go faster, but from shifting from government to the private sector, the challenge for the industry is you've been one of the loud advocates in the region is the potential is there. People want to travel. Airlines of legacy, traditional, low cost can all succeed, but the framework that we have in place, primarily because our government makes it very difficult. It makes it difficult to grow, makes it difficult to expand. What do you see moving forward because as an industry, we're talking about the need for better collaboration with government? That has been. IATA's voice has been your voice, what does government need to do? Is there an opportunity now that we're going through this crisis on a new way to work moving forward? Jose Ignacio Dugnac. Yeah. Well, definitely, this crisis has bringing up a lot of more communication between different stakeholders. One of them being government. We've been trying and working really close, and you've also been a part of that in different countries, Peter. We've been in meetings with different government officials together, and we've been trying to find out the best way to move forward with all of our processes to make aviation safe, but also to try to make a recovery that goes along with the expectations of the country in terms of employment, in terms of tourism, in terms of economic recovery as well. So, we've been working really close to government officials and I believe it's an opportunity it's an opportunity to strengthen those relationships, to see that as more of a collaborative way in which we can move forward in which we can help each other develop countries and develop aviation because they are very well aligned. You know that $1 spent in aviation means $8 spent within the rest of the economy in a country, hotels, restaurants and such. So, we believe we can align each other and there's opportunities for both of us to better set up policies to fulfill aviation. for example, One of the things that we've always thought will make great sense within the region is to try to set up boarding tax that it's not either the long-haul tax or the international tax or the domestic, but a regional boarding tax, which allows the region to share more tourism within the region itself that we have similar realities. Our GDP per capita is similar. It's not the same as Europe or the US. So setting up a regional tax that would allow more tourism to go through different countries within the region would definitely help each country to develop. So, we have ideas and and we believe that being close would help us develop not only aviation in the region, but also the economy and the social well-being of the region. Peter Cherda. In terms of recovery, and you just talked about this inter-regional tax. Competitiveness, taxes, fees, infrastructure, regulatory framework, even the environment. From your perspective and moving forward while all these different items and pillars are certainly going to be at the forefront. Which one do you think is the one that you would say as an industry were able to be successful with governments moving forward? Which one would it be? José Ignacio Dugnac. Well, it's a tough question. I believe that setting up the rules for aviation and taxes, in particular, it's quite important. We as an LCC know that to choose an airport in order to fly to, we really took consideration of the cost of operating to that airport in particular and the taxes associated to that. They vary so much and that changes the decisions that airlines make in order to fly from one place to the other and changes the decisions that customers make. For example, flying from Santiago to Buenos Aires, it's a two-hour flight. It's not far. It shouldn't be expensive, but only in taxes, you pay more than $100 per passenger. So that makes it really tough for people to go and spend a weekend or four or five days in Buenos Aires. It becomes a big thing when it could be something more regular and an easier for people to travel to. So, having the right mindset and identifying long-term opportunities because this is not easy. For no government, it's easy to reduce taxes or to charge less. Most of them have deficits in the region, but looking really long-term and identifying the potential that this has, it's really worth it. You can see examples. Like Panama, for example, or even Chile. The Chilean government decided to reduce domestic and international boarding taxes in order to further develop the industry. And that has worked well. The growth that we've seen in the past years of aviation, it's been fantastic. And I hope that we can translate that to international regional flights as well. Peter Cherda. We're going to stay on this topic, but I do want to talk a little bit about your airline, Sky Airlines. This is being taped, it's going to be made available all around the world. Sky's a very strong regional carrier, particularly, in the southern part of South America. So, I want to deep dive a little bit. You started as basically a domestic Chilean carrier, and now you're growing into an inter-regional carrier. And I have to say possibly even moving in the future because of the airplanes you have with opportunities moving into the US and so on. How do you see your? Now with COVID and once we get out, what's your future growth? How big does Sky Airlines want to get and how competitive in terms of all those big boys in the region? Where do you want to be in the next, let's say, five years? Jose Ignacio Dugnac. Yeah. Well, our vision is to be the best low-cost airline for South America. That's the main target long-term. And we say for South America, not of South America, and that's because we really think that we need to be a social service to all of our stakeholders, Not only to our customers, which is our, of course, a priority, but also to our employees, to the society itself. We want to help. We want to help develop cities. We want to help develop people. We want to have help connect. We want to help improve opportunities for everybody in the region. As I gave the example of the connectivity between Santiago and Buenos Aires that could definitely go higher if we take the right steps. So, we want to become a regional airline and we want to be a big, important part of society in that area. We are starting, as you know, with Chile and with Peru, we have strong positions in both markets. We have 25% of the market. We're the second carrier in Chile. We're also a second carrier in Peru now in domestic and we want to, of course, try to connect the rest of the region from those two main bases, but after that, who knows? We have the XLRs coming in in late 2023 and we hope that that aircraft can help us further develop our vision not only connecting more routes on airports, but also giving passengers the opportunity to really access cheap fares to multiple destinations within the region at a very convenient, of course, point-to-point network. So, we want to expand. We're happy with the two bases we have. Our strategy is to be strong in the domestic as well as be part of a regional network. Peter Cherta, I'll talk about the hubs in a second. In your case, let's talk about Chile for a few minutes here. A country that went from basically having one airline 15 years ago, then to two when you came into the market at Sky, and now we have JetSmart. Too many airlines in Chile or it's just good, healthy competition to have three? Jose Ignacio Dugnac. Well, I believe that the competition always makes you better and makes you stronger. We've learned a lot from the competition itself. The industry in Chile, it's very efficient. It's really one of the most efficient industries countries in the aviation industry. Our cost base, in general terms, it's very good. The quality of our aircraft is top-notch. We came second in the. We become the second most in new fleet in the world with having 100% A320 NEOA capacity. We're now one of the most environmentally friendly airlines in the world and that has been pushed by competition. Competition can always help you boost your decisions and move you and move faster. We really appreciate that. We believe that Chile could have the opportunity to have three airlines and three airlines working and being profitable and having their own markets. So, I don't think that we only need two airlines. We could work with three. Of course, Peru, it's different. When we came in Peru, the average age of the industry was quite high. The technology was not really what we see in Chile, and we're trying to change that. We're trying to bring in new technology. Since the beginning, we only NEOS in Peru. So, we're trying to help the environment. We're trying to help our customers by having cheap fares. And we want to broaden up our network base, not only in the domestic side, but also in the international in which in Peru you have some alternatives, but all of them are full-service carriers. So, it's hard for them to actually access new international routes at really good, cheap fares. Peter Cherta. You focused quite a lot on the west coast of the continent with Peru and Chile, obviously. Good operations into Argentina. We haven't talked about the big elephant here in the region, Brazil. And again, taking away Brazil during now because of COVID. It's a market that has three successful airlines, but no real true ULCC. Is that a market that attracts Sky Airlines for possible investment or expansion into that market, or because of the challenge, language bureaucracies, costs, it's a market that you don't have it on your scope? Can you share a little bit of, inaudible 030 and 27 seconds? José Ignacio Dugnac. Absolutely. We believe Brazil is. As you know, it's a total different animal, as we say, in Chile. It's big. You need a lot of capital. The risk is high and we have been going. We used to fly to Brazil from 2012 to 2015 from Santiago with really bad results. We decided at that point in time that we needed to cancel those flights. And once we got the NEOS back on a really different cost structure and a lot of bigger opportunities and more volume, we could go back in. We were serving Brazil for the last four years from the international side, again, and being really successful on it. We want to keep doing that. We want to keep growing, serving Brazil, but only from the international side because we believe that at least in the short term, being the next three years, we don't see us getting into a domestic Brazil, at least by ourselves. We don't know what's going to happen in the future, but we don't see us coming into the domestic Brazil because we know that it requires a huge amount of effort, a huge amount of capital, and a big volume that you need to really be prepared to do that. So, we're serving Brazil. We really believe it would be great in our network. It's really big part of our strategy, but it's on the international side. Peter Cherda, OK. I'm going to just pose one more question in terms of connectivity. A lot of your competition right now is inter-regional with the Latin carriers. What appetite does Sky Airlines have to with the type of airplane that you have modern, long-range airplanes from a place like Lima? a good strategic point to start looking into places like the US. for future growth? And there the dynamics change because not only are you competing with your Latin airline partners, but now you're competing against the US market, both the traditional carriers, the legacies like JetBlue's and the ultra-low cost like Southwest. Is that a market that attracts sky? Is that something that has? It's in the back of your mind in terms of the ego being able to get into the US and being successful? Jose Ignacio Dugnac. Yeah. Well, to be very Very transparent, we want to try to bring value to the society in Latin America. That's what we really want to do. We want to be the best LCC for South America. And a lot of people in South America really want to fly to the US and they want to have accessible flights, and they want to have. Most of them, they also want to have direct flights and they know that that's very hard to do today. So, bringing in the XLR will allow us not only from Lima to access the US, but also from Santiago to have a direct flight to the US. And we believe there's a lot of value for our customers. There's a lot of value for Chileans, for Peruvians, for even Brazilians that could access the US at a really cheap fare and with top of the notch capacity and aircraft. So, we are definitely looking to get access to the US, but not for becoming a US airline or being part of that, but for giving access to people in different sides of Latin America to have a really good service, simple, but good consistent, and very accessible for them to have alternatives to go to the US as well. As well as the Caribbean, we were already flying to the Caribbean until yesterday, which we decided since the restrictions, we weren't able to fly there anymore, but we want to give access to new routes. And also the US is a big part of what Latin Americans really, really need. So, we're definitely trying to gain access there. And the XLR is a big part of that. Peter Cherta, we look forward to seeing these airplanes landing here in Miami soon. In wrapping up Jose, I just want to touch about social responsibility. First question, and then it's two questions. One is from a Sky standpoint. Since the pandemic hit us, you went to a philosophy within the company of all your staff working from home. Is that going to stay permanent? Is that a new way of doing business that your operation is really going to be home-based and you're going to have a very small headquarters? And that's a very big shift from pre to what we're living now. And then the second question on the environment. You talked about airplane being very environmentally friendly. You're focused on it. How much more does the industry need to do on that respect? What do we need to do from a regional perspective? And you were talking about South America being the best low cost for South America. What does the industry need to do more with government to bring the level of social responsibility to the next level? Something that we've been somewhat lax in the past, particularly, when we talk about the environment? Jose Ignacio Dugnac. Well, before the pandemic, we were going through a really important transformation in terms of being much more friendly than we used to be. And that's why we forced the fleet transition. We actually managed to change 100% of the fleet and become a full NEO operator in only 15 months. One of the most important things. Among the most important reasons why we wanted to do that, of course, it was to also, inaudible 0.37 and 12 seconds, and be much more friendly than we used to be. At that point of time, we were basically generating roughly 100 grams of CO2 per passenger per flight. And today, we are roughly at 60 grams per passenger per flight. So we were able to reduce 40% in terms of CO2 emissions per passenger per flight. So, we're really proud of that but we also went through a lot of other changes. We, inaudible 037 and 39 seconds, the ground equipment for electrical equipment as well. We're trying to introduce a lot of policies and procedures that are really much more friendly with the environment that we used to do. But in terms of governments, as you know if we want to go further on that, we definitely need government help. We definitely need to have access to other sources of reduced contamination such as biofuels, for example. We don't have access to biofuels in Chile in most part of the region. There is no access. And that access has to be efficient. We cannot use biofuel if that's going to cost huge amount of additional money. We need to also remain competitive. So, we need to be able to have access to biofuels, but at a really reasonable cost. And that needs to be worked out with the different government officials because of the investments required are quite big. And it's definitely long term. And for others just related to both of those questions is the home office policy. With the home office, you have a lot less people coming into the office, a lot less traffic. It's a policy that suits very well with our stakeholder view. It generates a lot of value to our people. It generates a lot of value to the environment, actually. Roughly 25% of the company can use this policy because, of course, people in the operation really need to be in the operation but it's been used by everybody. We are really introducing a lot of technology in order to make it work really well. And it's been really interesting results. We measure this every month and how people are really feeling about this policy. 93% of the people in the company consider it's a valuable measure for them. 87% declared that it improved their quality of life in the company. 79% considered that they have been able to dedicate more time to their family and friends. In average, it saves one to two hours a day of time and travel time and the NPS of this policy across the company is 62%. So, it's very well received by everybody who's been a part of this and it also helps reducing traffic and reducing emissions. So, it's a policy that's been thought based on not only one stakeholder, but also based on our strategy on the long term. Peter Cherda. That is great to see how. Jose Ignacio Dugnac. We still have office space because the policy is not home office. The policy is 100% flexibility. So, you have access to the office, but the office is at the team's service. It's not required. It's part of the tools that the teams have in order to do their job, the most efficient way they can in considering our strategy. Peter Cherta It's great to see, Jose, that not only are you thinking about your staff, your team members and their livelihood, how they can be closer to their family to maximize their time at work and also take into consideration the environment, which is a huge challenge that we have facing us globally, but something that we really need to focus much more on a regional standpoint. We could talk for hours about all the stuff that Sky Airlines, what you're doing. I do want to end with one note, a personal note, from you. Unfortunately, as you said, the day you were named and you came into the job that's when the first case of COVID hit Chile. Not a lot of people know about Jose. So, I'm going to end on a personal note. Something that you want to share that the audience does not know about you so they can know a little bit more about you, particularly, when they get to know you in person in the future. So, a little bit. What's one thing that not a lot of people know about you that you like to share? Jose Ignacio Dugnac? Well, I try to be quite transparent. When I meet people, I talk to the company every month to the whole company and try to bring a personal note to it. I'm 37 years old. I have a wife, I have two young boys and within this time since I started my career, I lived in different countries, three different continents in the past 10 years. I've been in government and I've been in the private side. I've been in mining. I've been in aviation. I've been in healthcare, different industries, mostly living in big cities. But today with all this, we've been really seeing the value of trying to deal with the crisis at the same point of time in which you need to be able to really focus on what's important and try to balance life. The crisis, it's long and you need to be able to have a way to clear your mind. We do a lot of sports. We try to mix family with sports. Here, we go running together. I go running with my wife and my two young boys, 6 and 5 years old. And we go running together. I use that time to think but I also use that time to spend time with my family. So, I'm not that interesting, Peter, but I like doing sports and I like to use that time to clear my mind and think about how I can better serve our customers and our people and all of our stakeholders. #RebuildingTravel travel.